of Proverbs 25, Amplified Bible. These are also the Proverbs of Solomon, which the kings of Hezekiah, the men of King Hezekiah of Judah, copied. 1 Kings 4.32 It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the glory of kings is to search out a thing. As the heavens are for height and the earth for depth, so the heart and minds of kings are unsearchable. Take away the dross from the silver, and there shall come forth the material for a vessel for the silversmith to work up. Take away the wicked from before the king, and his throne will be established in righteousness, moral and spiritual rectitude in every area and relation. Be not forward, self-assertive, and boastfully ambitious in the presence of the king, and stand not in the place of great men. For better it is that it should be said to you, Come up here, then then you should be put lower in the presence of the prince, whose eyes have seen you. Rush not forth soon to quarrel before magistrates, or elsewhere, lest you know not what to do in the end when your neighbor has put you to shame. Argue your cause with your neighbor himself, discover not and disclose not another secret. Proverbs 25 verse 9. In other words, please don't gossip. Control your mouth. Verse 10. Lest he who hears you revile you and bring shame upon you, and you'll re- ill repute it and have no end. A word fitly spoken and in due season is like the apples of gold in settings of silver. Verse 12 Like an earring or a nose ring of gold in or an ornament of fine gold is a wise reprover to an ear that listens and obeys. In other words, like an earring of gold or an ornament of fine gold is the rebuke of a wise judge to a listening ear. A re- could be from our doctors, from our friends. Play the rebuke over and over again and then work on it. Lower the blood pressure, walk more, act like you're disciplined, act like you're disciplined, act like you're disciplined. Verse 13, like the coal of snow brought from the mountains in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to those who send him, for he refreshes the life of his masters. Whoever falsely boasts of gifts he does not give is like clouds and winds without rain. By long forbearance and calmness of spirit, a judge or ruler is persuaded, and soft speech breaks down the most bone-like resistance. Have you found pleasure sweet like honey? Eat only as much as is sufficient for you. Lest being filled with it, you vomit it. Let your foot seldom be in your neighbor's house, lest he becomes tired of you and hates you. 
Yep, we see that a lot. A lot of people stay over and you can only be smile and take a stranger in for so long. Uh, in other words, seldom set your foot in your neighbor's house. Too much of you and they will hate you. Proverbs 25, verse 17. That was the NIV. Okay, verse 18. A man who bears fault witness against his neighbor is like a heavy sledgehammer and a sword and a sharp arrow. A man who... Wow. Like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow is one who gives false testimonies against his neighbor. Isn't that amazing? The neighbor is the one that gets cut up, hit up, you know, injustice being done. 19. Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth or a foot out of joint. He who sings songs to a heavy heart is like him who lays off a garment in cold weather and like vinegar upon soda. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. In other words, be kind to your enemy. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord will reward you. Yep, you'll cause him to be ashamed, and you will, in your actions, be healed. And on top of that, the Lord will reward you. Isn't that beautiful? Why would the Lord reward us when we do something kind to our enemies? Like pray for them. The north wind brings forth rain. So does a backbiting tongue bring forth an angry countenance. It is better to dwell in the corner of the housetop than to share a house with a disagreeing, quarrelsome, and scolding woman. Wow. Like cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far home country. Like a muddy fountain and a polluted spring is a righteous man who yields falls down and compromises his integrity before the wicked. It is not good to eat much honey, so for men to seek glory, their own glory causes suffering and is not glory. He who has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Proverbs 25. May 25th. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's reading. We ask you, Lord God, to bless us as we speak out your word and give us insight to what the Holy Spirit says to the Spirit. Thank you for promising us that you never leave us nor forsake us. That you will come to us and be our friend, Lord. Be our shade. And be our Rabboni, our teacher. 
our master. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> May 25th, 2 Samuel chapter 7 through 8.18. When King David was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all the surrounding enemies, the king summoned Nathan the prophet. Look, David said, I am living in a beautiful cedar place, palace, but the ark of God is out there in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Go ahead and do whatever you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the Lord said to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord has declared. Are you the one to build a house for me to live in? I have never lived in a house from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until this very day. I have always moved from one place to another with a tent and a tabernacle as my dwelling. Yet no matter where I have gone with the Israelites, I have never once complained to Israel, tribe leaders, the shepherds of my people Israel. I have never asked them, why haven't you built me a beautiful cedar house? Now go and say to my servant David, this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies has declared. I took you from tending sheep in the pasture and selected you to be the leader of my people, Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies before your eyes. <clears throat> now I will make your name <clears throat> as famous as anyone who has ever lived on the earth, and I will provide a homeland for my people, Israel, planting them in a secure place where they will never be disturbed. Evil nations won't oppress them as they've done in the past. Starting from the time I appointed judges to rule my people, Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Furthermore, the Lord declares that he will make a house for you, a dynasty of kings. For when you die and are buried with your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants, your own offspring, I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple, for my name. And I will secure his royal throne forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. If he sins, I will correct and discipline him with a rod, like any father would do. But my favor will not be taken from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from your sight. Your house and your kingdom will continue before me for all time, and your throne will be secure forever. So Nathan went back to David and told him everything the Lord had said in this vision. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and prayed, Who am I, O sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And now, Sovereign Lord, in addition to everything else, you speak of giving your servant a lasting dynasty. Do you deal with everyone this way, O Sovereign Lord? What more can I say to you? You know what your servant is really like. Sovereign Lord, because of your promise and according to your will, you have done all these great things and have made them known to your servant. How great you are, O Sovereign Lord. 
There is no one like you. We have never even heard of another God like you. What other nation on earth is like your people Israel? What other nation, O God, have you redeemed from slavery to be your own people? You made a great name for yourself when you redeemed your people from Egypt. You performed awesome miracles and drove out the nations and gods that stood in their way. You made Israel your own very people forever, and you, O Lord, became their God. And now, O Lord God, I am your servant. Do as you have promised concerning me and my family. Confirm it as a promise that will last forever. And may your name be honored forever so that everyone will say, The Lord of heaven's armies is God over Israel. And may the house of your servant David continue before you forever. O Lord of heaven's armies, God of Israel, I have been bold enough to pray this prayer for you, to you because you have revealed all this to your servants, saying, I will build a house for you, a dynasty of kings. For you are God, O sovereign Lord. Your words are truth, and you have promised these good things. I will build a dynasty of kings. For you are God, O Sovereign Lord. Your words are truth. And you have promised these good things to your servant. And now may it please you to bless the house of your servant. That it may continue forever before you. For you have spoken. And when you grant a blessing to your servant. O Sovereign Lord, it is an eternal blessing. Amen. After this, David defeated and subdued the Philistine by conquering Gath, their largest town. <clears throat> David also conquered the land of Moab. He made the people lie down on the ground in a row, and he measured them off in groups with a length of rope. He measured off two groups to be executed for every one group to be spared. The Moabites who were spared became David's subjects and paid him tribute money. David also destroyed the forces of Hadad Eser, son of Rehob, king of Zobah. When Hadad Eser marched out to strengthen his control along the Euphrates River, David captured a thousand chariots, seven thousand charioteers, and twenty thousand foot soldiers. He crippled all the chariot horses except enough for a hundred chariots. When Armenians from Damascus arrived to help King Hadadezer, David killed 22,000 of them. Then he placed several army garrisons in Damascus, the Armenian capital, and the Armenians became David's subjects and paid him tribute money, so the Lord made David victorious wherever he went. David brought the gold shields of Hadadezer's office to Jerusalem, along with with a large amount of bronze from Hadad, Deser's towns of Tibet and Berotai. When King Toi of Hamat heard that David had destroyed the entire army of Hadad, Deser, he sent his son Joram to congratulate the king David for his successful campaign. 
Hadad the Sir had, and Toi had been enemies and were often at war, Joram presented David with many gifts of silver, gold, and bronze. King David dedicated all these gifts to the Lord as he did with the silver and gold from the other nations he had defeated. From Edom, Moab, Ammon, Philistia, and Amalek, and from Hadad Deser, son of Rehob, king of Zobah. So David became even more famous when he returned from destroying 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. He placed army garrisons throughout Edom, and all the Edomites became David's subjects. In fact, the Lord made David victorious wherever he went. So David reigned over all of Israel and did what was just and right for all his people. Joab, son of Suriah, was commander of the army. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was the royal historian. Sadak, son of Ahitub, and Ahimelech, son of Abitar, were the priests. Suriah was the court secretary. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was captain of the king's bodyguard, and David's sons served as priestly leaders. Amen. Wow, what a legacy. What an incredible prayer David did to the Lord. And a lot of it, there were God's promise to David is not explicitly identified as a covenant in 2 Samuel 7, 1 to 1. However, other passages to identify the event as a covenant, 2 Samuel 23, 5, and 2 Chronicles 7:18. God's promise to David that his favor will not be taken from him speaks of a covenant relationship like God's promise to Abraham. His covenant with David is unconditional. It does not depend on human obedience or faithfulness, but only on God's unchanging love. At the heart of this covenant is God's promise to raise up David's successors forever and to be a father to them. God's blessings on Solomon's reign is a partial fulfillment of this promise. God's patience with the kings of Judah, even when they turned away from him, was the result of his covenant promise to David. The complete and final fulfillment of God's covenant with David is found in the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the son of David. Isaiah foretold of one who will rule from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. Isaiah 9, 7. And call him the shoot growing out of the stump of David's family. Isaiah 11, 1. Both of these references point to the coming Messiah. For passages, four passages of the New Testament teach that Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of the promise made to David by referring directly to 2 Samuel 7, 1 through 29. And that was in Luke 1, 32 to 33, Acts 2, 29 to 31, Acts 13, 22 to 23, and Hebrews 1 through 5. The New Testament opens Matthew 1.1 and closes Revelation 22.16 with a reference to Jesus as the son of David, the successor of his throne. Amen. And today's study, David wanted to do a great thing for the Lord by building a permanent temple, but God refused to let David build it.
David's request was good, but God said no. Instead, God told David that his job was to unify and lead Israel and to destroy its enemies. God wanted Israel to be whole and holy, well prepared to receive God's presence in the temple. David would shed a great deal of blood, and God did not want his temple built by a warrior. 1 Chronicles 28.3 Therefore David made the plans and collected the materials so that his son Solomon could begin building the temple as soon as he became king. 1 Kings 5.7 David accepted his part in God's plan and did not try to go beyond it. Have you made God honoring plans only to have God stop your progress? This can be confusing because God's broader plan isn't clear to us. When God stands in the way of our plans, we should look for ways to make the most of other opportunities. He gives us by accepting God's guidance, even when it's confusion. We will play a better part in the work God's doing. One good way to uh, access God's final authority and plan for our lives is to do what is in front of us and to fulfill the need that's in front of us to the best of our ability. As long as we're moving forward, God can lead us and, and uh, to the right direction. He can push us to the right direction. Amen. Okay, now we're going to read John 14, 15, and 13. John chapter 14, verse 15 through 31. If you love me, Jesus, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me since I live. You also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with the names, same name said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who, anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I'm with, still with you. But when the Father sends the advocates, the advocate is my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Amen. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you will be happy that I am going to the Father, 
who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me, so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. Today's study on John 14, 15-18. Jesus was soon going to leave the disciples, but he would remain with them. When Jesus said, I will come to you, he meant it. How? The Spirit of God himself, the Advocate, will come to care for and guide the disciples after Jesus was gone. The Holy Spirit has been active among people from the beginning of time, but after Pentecost, Acts 2, He came to live in all believers. To have the Holy Spirit is to have Jesus Himself. The Holy Spirit is the very presence of God in every believer. As we surrender our lives to God's Spirit, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Philippians 2.13 this is the obedience motivated by love that Jesus is talking about throughout this passage. The Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Galatians 5.17 God's Spirit cultivates love, which forces out, out of our lives the passion and desires of our sinful nature. Galatians 5.22 and 24 Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Amen. Galatians 5.25 Pray in the Psalms. Tune in your heart to God's law by echoing the psalmist's request in this portion of Psalm 119. Teach me your decrees, O Lord. Psalm 119.33-48 Teach me your decrees, O Lord, I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding and I will obey your instruction. I will put them into practice with all my heart. Make me walk along the path of your commands, for this is where my happiness is found. Give me an eagerness for your laws rather than a love for money. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life throughout your word. Reassure me of your promise made to those who fear you. Help me abandon my shameful ways, for your regulations are good. I long to obey your commandments, renew my life with your goodness. Lord, give me your unfailing love, the salvation that you promised me. Then I can answer those who taunt me, for I trust in your word. Do not snatch your word of truth from me, for your regulations are my only hope. I will keep on obeying your instructions forever and ever. I will walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commandments. I will speak to kings about your laws, and I will not be ashamed. How I delight in your commands, how I love them. I honor the, the, and love your commands. I meditate on your decrees. Amen. Proverbs 15.33 Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. Amen. Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. <clears throat> Humility precedes honor. 
Amen. Well, that tells me that in my prayer, and I ask God for help, I open the way for His wisdom to come. And my actions say I am humble by receiving, so I get honor by receiving wisdom from the Lord. I get honored because I have made myself humble. Humble to get on the knees, humble to fear the Lord. I'm the only one who can fear the Lord. I make myself fear the Lord on my knees that He may teach me wisdom. And through my humbleness, I stand up and I get crowned with honor. What a beautiful exchange. Amen.